What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast, where friends get together each and every week to discuss everything video games and nerd culture. My name is Indy, and I will be your host this week. And joining me is your favorite Ninja Turtle with the orange mask. He's an artist with the flechette shotgun in Star Wars Battlefront. He is our wizarding editor, and he has more trophies than any professional athlete out there. His name is Mikey, or Mikey if you prefer. Mike, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, but real quick, just want to lay this on the table. Not a TMNT fan. Not even remotely close. <laughs> That's really sad, because we have two TMNT uh, stories in the news this week. I'm very familiar with the franchise. I even have some collectibles that are TMNT related, but I just can't get into the movies, the TV shows, or hell, even the merchandise. The only reason why I have some merchandise in my collection is because I'm a NECA collector. And I try mm. to collect at least one of everything they do. And I'm like, all right, I'll have some Ninja Turtles in here and then be done with it. Just a couple. Well, not only that, but the NECA Ninja Turtles are like well, liquid gold right now. Like yep. everybody scoops them up as soon as they come out and then they're flipped for three times what they were worth. Yeah, it's a good investment. Like, I, I totally get it. If yeah, definitely. You buy all the sets and you're not a fan. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, if you are new to the show, um, we have other socials as well. Mike, if they wanted to see everything that we have to offer, where would they go? Just follow our link tree link down in the description. It brings you to all of our social media pages, even our uh, can't talk. Even our <laughs> Twitch is there. Uh, YouTube, which is not really active right now. We're, we're working on that. We have plans for that in the future. But if you want it to just be easy and you don't have to look everything up manually, just head over to the link and you're all set to go. Cool. Appreciate that. And our Discord is in there as well. However, I don't know if that link is going to work. So if you find yourself <laughs> wanting to join the Discord, click on the link that takes you to Twitch and the link in the Twitch I know does work. But that is it for our intro. Now we're going to jump straight into what we're playing. So, Mike, I'm going to throw that right over to you. I've been playing a few games, but I'm just going to talk about one this week. Okay. This is an interesting one, because I've never beaten a Mickey Mouse game before. That is really random. So I, I looked at my uh, library, and I only have two. I have Castle of Illusion on my Android device on Google Play, and I'm like, all right, I don't want to play that. And then I looked at my Xbox library, and I noticed Epic Mickey 2, the power of 2, was in there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play that one. Because, damn it, I'm going to beat a Mickey Mouse game. Like, I'm going to do it. So I played it, I beat it, and... Uh, it's a fascinating mess. Yeah, do tell. The game's just loaded with issues. I, it is not a good game, and it's a shame because the first game, from what I hear, is a cult following favorite from the Mickey Mouse fans. They really like the first game, and it was only on the Wii. That was the one where you played, um, it, was it Oswald, like the lost Mickey Mouse? Uh, I don't know if you play as Oswald in the first game, but I know in the second game you play as Mickey Mouse and Oswald. It's like a co-op game. Okay. Uh, you can play it with somebody, or you can deal with the terrible, awful AI that's just awful in every way. Like, I can't get him to do anything half the time. Oh, wow. 
I'd be like, all right, I need you over here. And he'd just look at me and smile. I'm like, oh, God. Great. This is going to be a fun ride. So needless to say, you had a good time. There's things I like about Epic Mickey 2, but the overall game just doesn't work. It just doesn't function well. I was just talking about Oswald. The AI intelligence for him is terrible. What really sucks is the game heavily depends on your co-op partner. So it's not like I can just bypass him like all the time. No, I need him in certain areas of the game and he has to do these specific things. And if he doesn't do these specific things, I'm in deep shit. Like I won't be able to progress. It's just random too. Like sometimes he'll be perfectly fine and there's nothing wrong with him. And then other times he's just like, uh, where am I? It's a shame because I really like this universe because it takes place in this alternate reality called Wasteland. It's where all of the rejected and forgotten characters live. Like Oswald okay. is one of them. Oswald is like one of the oldest Disney characters. He's older than Mickey Mouse. Walt Disney created him before Mickey. So he's there. He lives there. A bunch of other villains and other crazy shit that's trying to get out and go to the real Toon World. You know what's really funny, Indy? The first game is actually darker than the second game. Oh, wow. I didn't know this, but I, I was reading into it. And, like, right out of the gate, the minor... Well, not really minor spoilers, but it's a spoiler, but nobody's going to be playing this game right now. One of the main villains, the Mad Doctor in the first game, he captures uh, Mickey Mouse, he kidnaps him, and he's just trying to remove his heart. And then plant it into, like, another villain so he can escape into the Toon world. It's, like, really dark. Like, it's actually really, really dark. But with the second game, they toned all of that down quite a bit. I have a feeling they got a phone call from Disney, and they're like, yeah, we want a sequel, but can you tone down the dark stuff just a little bit and make it a little bit more kitty?" Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> now, one of the biggest problems with epic mickey 2 is the camera the camera is not designed to be played on an xbox 360 or ps3 because this game is on multiple platforms the original game like i said before it was on the wii it was the wii only nothing else the sequel they branched out they put it on the ps3 the 360 and it was also on the wii of course and i think there was even a Vita version? Maybe a DS version as well? Well, I'm not 100% sure about that, but whatever. But yeah, the camera feels like a Wii game. You can tell when you're playing the game that it's specifically designed for another console. It doesn't feel right on the Xbox 360. The developers definitely had the Wii still in mind, and that was their primary focus, because there is a cursor in the middle of the screen at all times, and you have to oh, move wow. it around with the right stick. And it does not feel good on a 360 controller. They just ported it right over. The graphics are not good. Now, when I say the graphics, I'm talking about just the in-game graphics. Now, when it goes to the cutscenes, this is actually one of the cool things about this game. The cutscenes are hand-drawn animated scenes. I wouldn't put it up there with Cuphead, but it reminds me of that. So I really appreciated all that little extra work they did. Now, the Mad Doctor, I actually like him because every time he shows up, 
he thinks he's in a musical and he's just singing. It's like a performance. <laughs> That's how he talks. He's just he's just singing and rhyming, and it's absolutely hilarious. I really like the character. As for everybody else in the game, including Mickey Mouse, I don't give a shit about any of them. The story they're trying to tell in it is just really stupid. The story from the first game sounds a whole lot better. Second one, it's just the mad doctor shows up. He's pretending he's good now. Everybody believes him. Oswald doesn't believe him. And you play the game and you eventually find out he's doing bad shit behind the curtains and he's got a plan. We stop him at the end. Game over. That's it. You just kind of randomly woke up and was like, I want to play a Mickey Mouse game, huh? Exactly. I woke up you know, and was like, you know what? I want to play a Disney game. And then I thought about it. I was like, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, sure. Let's look for Mickey Mouse. And you know what's funny, Indy? There's not a whole lot of Mickey Mouse games out there. You know, Disney is already stingy with their uh, their licenses. And the mouse is like the one that you, under no circumstances, try and like pirate or anything. So I'd imagine they're like stupid stingy with that license. Uh, progressing through the levels can be very confusing at times in Epic Mickey 2. You can easily get lost in this game. It is so easy to get lost if you're not paying attention. Like, if you look down at your phone for a few seconds when they're trying to tell you something and you're not really paying attention, and if you miss that and you look back up, you'll be completely lost. You would think they would have made that, like, as linear as possible because a game like that, you know, is targeted towards kids. It it really needs, like, arrows everywhere. (laughs) It really does. I mean, this is a Mickey Mouse game. We're not playing Elden Ring or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't recommend this game. I only recommend it if you've played the first Epic Mickey and you want more of that. And you don't yeah, care about quality. You just want to be back in that world. Then sure, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I recommend you play Castle of Illusion, either the Genesis version or that remaster, soft remaster they did back in the 2010s. It was like 2013 it came out, I think. Hmm. Yeah, play that. Far better game. Well, cool. Um, I will honestly say I did not expect the Mickey Mouse game to uh, come up in tonight's (laughs) episode, but that was definitely um, a blast from the past because I remember that game. Um, as far as I go in games I've been playing, um, honestly, I've been working like all week, so I really have not had time to play much at all. I've played Smash Brothers and then I played with, uh, two peas last night. Me and Ash played uh, Among Us with them. Oh, nice. We had a crew together, about like nine people at one point. So it was actually a lot of fun. Um, Everybody wants to install a mod where you can get proximity chat going um, even while you're playing. So that would be awesome. Oh, shit. If we had two computers. But I know Ash uh, is playing on Xbox, so I don't know how well that's going to work. But yeah, I don't have a whole lot to contribute to the what's we're pl- or what we're playing section. So I guess we'll just go ahead and jump straight to inventory unless you have anything else you want to add. No, I, I, I can't really think of anything. But no, I have one question for you. Yeah. You said you played Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character in that? Consistently, in the past few games, Ganon has been one of my best characters. Um, now, Ganon is considered, like, very bottom tier in pretty much every single tier list. 
Um, but I have been working on a new character lately, um, and I I got within striking distance of Elite Smash, um, which Elite Smash means I think it's you're within the top 10% players of that particular character in the world, and that's Mewtwo. Hmm. Um, he's got some interesting combos, and he's got a very good punished game, but if you don't read your opponent well, or if you don't, like, get the mind games going, he's also very punishable. Uh, Mewtwo is considered to be somewhere between mid-tier and top-tier, so he's been a fun character to play with. I've always liked playing with him, um, but it wasn't until Smash Ultimate that he was actually a viable character. Right. Because I remember back in the day on the GameCube, people left their systems on overnight to unlock yep. him or something like that. Yeah, that was nuts. What it was is you had to play multiplayer, I think, for like 12 hours. Um, I did the same thing. But once you had played 12 hours, um, you just needed to do one more game. And then at the end of that game, you'd be prompted to fight Mewtwo. So what people would do is they would go into um, just any random Smash game. And then just turn off the timer and let the GameCube go overnight. And then you would just come back to it and then do your fight and unlock Mewtwo. <laughs> I remember I had a friend who was like, I got Mewtwo. I got Mewtwo. I left my system on all night. And I got him. <laughs> and I'm just like, cool. Anyways, <laughs> back to Battlefront. <laughs> right. Back in the day where online strategy guides were new ish i remember around that time um printing off and i got in trouble for it i printed off a strategy guide from a Jaws mask and i mean i'm i'm a kid i don't i don't understand that computer paper costs money majora's mask is a big game with a lot of shit to do it was like a 300 page strategy guide oh jeez <laughs> and this is i remember how this went cuz my dad played zelda as well he saw how much paper was on there, and he saw what I printed, and he asked me, he's like, did you print this? And I was like, yeah. He's like, what the hell is this? He's like, it's a strategy guide from Majora's Mask, so I can find out where all the skulls are and everything. Or the um the skull tulas, or basically just a strategy guide to complete the game. And he's like, oh. And then my mom walked in, and she's like, what is that? And I'm like, uh, it's a strategy guide. I was like, do you realize how much money this costs? And it's like... No, I mean, I'm a kid, so I just I just kind of, I realized this is a good opportunity for me to stop talking. <laughs> so I did what every kid does. I just kind of shut down, and I'm just like, oh, shit, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? And then he's kind of like, or my dad's kind of like, look, I'll I'll handle this. And then she leaves, and was like, you realize you can't print this, right? Like, this is a lot. And I was like, okay. He's like, now, here's what I want you to do. He hands me a binder. And he hands me a three-pronged uh, hole puncher. He's like, I want you to punch holes in every single one of these and put this in this binder. <laughs> and then I want you to bring it to me when you're done. And then we had a Majora's Mask strategy guide in a three-ring binder. Oh, so he was the gamer, too, there. He wanted oh, that. Oh, yeah, he was. So, like, he definitely played good cop, bad cop there. He's like, oh, man, this is awesome, but I can't tell my wife this. <laughs> yeah, I went from being in deep shit to... This is cool. <laughs> or, like, this is fine. Yeah, I probably would have gotten my head kicked in if I did that. I was fully expecting it. If my dad hadn't been a huge Zelda nut, um, that would have happened. But, thankfully, he was on my side. 
<laughs> but moving on to the inventory, I think we have five items. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. And there's a couple stories mixed in with some of these. Um, but I only have five bullet points. So first item, Skydance Media announces that Amy Henning is working on a brand new game set in the Star Wars universe. Little is known about the new project, save that it will be richly cinematic, or it will be a richly cinematic adventure game featuring an original story set in Star Wars, in the Star Wars galaxy. Mike, she's already been at it once with EA. Mm -hmm. EA shut her down. Right. Now she's at Skydance. What do you make of this? It's probably going to be Star Wars Uncharted, similar to the last project, but not that. Yeah, I'm down for this. She hasn't made a game in a long time. Uh, I think the last one she was involved in was Uncharted 4, but just a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. she moved on to, I think, the Star Wars project. And um, and Neil, uh, what's his last name? Drunkman? Drunkman? I always forget his last name. I think so. Yeah, he took over on Charter 4 and pretty much finished it. But she was the the lead writer and, and the, the the main person behind the first three games. So it's been a minute for her. And I really want to see what she can do with Star Wars. Same. I'm kind of hoping that she does go or foregoes the lightsaber route. Um I don't feel like there's enough stories out there that tell like Star Wars stories that don't involve Jedi, fallen Jedi, something like that. Like there's so much more you can do with that universe than just that classic good versus evil storyline. Um, is there a particular character that you would like to see her tackle and like do an original story, or would you prefer an original character set in a different timeline that has nothing to do with the Skywalkers? Original. Original different timeline is probably what I want the most. But if we're being realistic here, it's probably going to be a known character during yeah. the Skywalker saga. <laughs> That's just I how mean, it is. I still wish that we got 1313 because it looked like Uncharted Boba Fett. Yeah. And that would have yeah. been amazing. But I also wouldn't be against them seeing... Or against them reaching into Legends and pulling some characters from Legends and giving them, like, their official canon story. Like, an Uncharted story from the perspective of Dash Rendar would be amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. For those that don't know, Dash Rendar is a Legends character. Uh, He plays a big part in a book and a game called Shadows of the Empire that takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But um yeah, we will watch that game um with very extreme interest. Yeah, I'll be watching it like a hawk. Well, with all the Star Wars games coming out, I think both you and I are just like looking for any Star Wars news about because I think we have like a ridiculous amount of unnamed titles or titles yes. out there uh-huh. like all we have are titles, we know nothing else about it. A lot of Star Wars games coming. Get ready. I just hope that it doesn't lose some of its luster. Like, they don't just flood the market with Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Because, you know, it used to be, if you got a Star Wars game, it was like, oh my god, there's a new Star Wars game coming out. But now it's like, hey, there's this game, there's this game, there's this game, there's this game. And it's kind of, I mean, 
around the, t- the last time we had something like this was back when, you know, Revenge of the Sith was coming out. We had yes. Jedi, Jedi Academy, yeah. Republic Commando. I was just about to mention that. Yeah, it, that was the last time we had that. And nobody really complained about it then. And we had like maybe 10 or 12 Star Wars games within a couple of years and everybody was fine. So maybe it'll be OK. Just depends on how different these games are. Yeah, I think as long as they all have their very like own identity, it'll be fine. But if we get like five or six, you know, Jedi Fallen Orders, this is going to be very, very um, bland after a while. But item number two, Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio getting big budget reboots. Bloomberg reports that Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio are up first in a series of reboots and remakes. A new Crazy Taxi is already a year in development with plans to release it in the next two to three years. Mike, how do you feel about that? I don't have much to say about this because I've never played Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi, I think think i played an arcade version of it once was there an arcade version or was there was i think yeah because um i think that's pretty much what sega has been focusing on lately is their arcade um but i think i remember that they released a mobile version of crazy taxi as well i mean i could be mistaken but i can see them doing something with both of those licenses um with games of service being like the new thing that everybody wants to do I could see an open world like Crazy Taxi or Jet Set Radio game where it's just like you have this huge hub world where everybody's trying to do their own thing. For Crazy Taxi, I mean, I'm thinking something like, you know, GTA Online, but everybody's trying to get people to their specific destinations. Almost kind of like Burnout Paradise, I guess. For Jet Set Radio, um, I'm picturing an open world or like an open world shared like hub world, but something like Sunset Overdrive. Um... I'm kind of like you, I didn't spend a whole lot of time with these games growing up, but I definitely have played both of them, and I can see it working. I know Ash was particularly excited, she was the one that forwarded this story to us, so I'll be very interested to see what we see. Hopefully we'll see something about that crazy taxi reboot um, at Jeff Keighley's next event, but um, yeah, we'll see. Number three, Halo's back in the news. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> Halo Infinite's Battle Royale Last Spartan Standing has been revealed. The Last Spartan Standing, the sole objective is to survive until the end. Twelve players spawn onto big team battle maps with a confined loadout and five respawns. Run out of lives and it's all over. The players can still spectate or quit without being penalized. They also released a roadmap for Season 2. And it looks like we're going to be waiting much longer for co-op and forge and this season is going to go on till november so we're gonna have a six month long season oh man yeah earlier i i sat down and watched a few youtube videos talking about this like young yeah and a few other guys and as as he's talking about it, I'm just like, what is going on over at 343? Like, what what is, how much development time does Halo need? Like, before I was saying, you know, when the game came out, like, man, this probably needed another six months. And then later on, I was starting to say, maybe a year, yeah. 
But now I'm thinking it's way more than a year. This game yeah. was just not ready at all. Like, at all. I think it's safe to say the multiplayer... The multiplayer, I think, could have launched free-to-play early access uh, when it did, but it needed to stay in early access. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Um, I don't know if I said it at the beginning of the show. I'm sick again. Um, this time it's my allergies messing up really bad. Um, so if you hear me messing up on my words, just bear with me. Um, but yeah, I feel like multiplayer could have launched in early access and people would not be griping nearly as much if it was just like, hey, here's the multiplayer, get it early, play what we have for right now. And then do an official grand release, release the campaign, co-op, forge, all of that. Because as of right now, you've already... You, you've you've blown your wow factor. The game was out, the campaign was out, and the honeymoon stage is over. Everybody's starting to realize that game does not have nearly as much content as we thought it did. Mm -hmm. And now, it's just... It, it, it feels a lot like Cyberpunk all over again. It feels like somebody higher up said, get this game out now, I don't care what shape it's in. When this game clearly needed like another two years. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I agree with you. I think two years is uh, what it definitely needed. Halo is Microsoft's flagship IP. At least mm -hmm. I still think it is. I don't know where their mind is now. But if they do still consider it their flagship IP, they definitely didn't give it the respect that it deserved. They needed more time. No. If it wasn't ready, delay it. I don't give a shit about the anniversary. I don't care. You, you want to do something special for the anniversary? I don't know. Do something in the Master Chief collection. Release the multiplayer in Master Chief collection as early access. Because you remember like when you had Crackdown... You got the Halo 3 beta on the disc, and there was a little menu at the bottom that said, go play Halo 3 beta. That's that right. is yep. what they should have done for Halo Infinite's multiplayer. Just put it as an early access thing for the Master Chief Collection, and then release the full game later. That, like, PR-wise, that would hit a lot better than, here's a shallow shell, or a hollow shell of what this game is gonna be, um, we're going to get everything else to you later because I feel like 343 and Microsoft have this idea that Halo is too big to fail. And hey, let's face it, Halo has not been really relevant since Halo 3. They've had good games, but that hype peaked at Halo 3. I agree. The hype was at Halo 3 level and Reach, it was still relevant. I'll, oh, uh, yeah. I, I know people are yelling right now, probably saying, Reach, Reach, Reach. Yeah, Reach was still relevant, but the numbers were down. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love Reach. Reach, is, uh, Reach constantly goes back and forth between Halos, well, Halos 1, 2, and 3. To me, they're all great games. I can never pick one. But if you were to ask me my favorite Halo games, it is going to be almost a tie every time between Halos 1, 2, 3, and Reach. And you know what's really sad about this roadmap? Because I'm looking at it right now. And for Forge, it says it says beta underneath it. Yep. Like when it launches, it's going to be in beta. There, And it also says target. So they're not even saying it's going to be out in September. That's just their target. We could potentially be looking at Halo Reach's multiplayer being out for a full year before we ever get Forge. 
And this has been an issue since Halo 4. I've said this a million times on the show with Jacques, uh, with you, and I'm going to say it again. Forge is never a priority for them. It always comes out later. Yeah. Always comes out later. And I don't get that because that's free creator tools. Like, people are pissed because there aren't enough maps. Guess what? If you had launched this thing with Forge, you could have community maps and people crank out, like, faithful remakes of, or remakes of maps, like, in stupid time. In the first week, you could have a lockout map done and ready by somebody who's like, I need lockout, I need turf. Like, these maps could be done and ready to go by now, but because it was so mishandled and Forge was not a priority in any way, they find themselves in the situation that they do where people are just done with Halo. They're they're bored. More people are playing the Master Chief Collection. That should say everything for you. Right there, that should say everything for you. At least on Steam. The Steam numbers don't lie. More yeah. people are playing the Collection. 343 is not meant for Halo. I'm sorry. No. They should not be working on Halo games anymore. It's a very interesting parallel because their whole excuse this whole time has been COVID and having to learn to work from home and this, that, and the other. But on the flip side, and I've said this just like you've said dozens and dozens of times with your arguments, Bungie did way more with less than 343 has had with the power of the Xbox One, the Series S, and Series X. Like, I'm constantly brought back to the scene in the first Iron Man where it's like Tony Stark built this in a cave, and he's like, well, I'm not Tony Stark. That is the perfect parallel between Bungie and 343. (laughs) And I bring this up because the majority of Destiny 2, the Witch Queen, was done from work from home, and they embraced it so much that recently Bungie has said that, hey, we're fully embracing work from home. Like, they are hiring people from out of state to work on games for or to work on destiny. So don't tell me that you're having all of these challenges because you can't cope with the fact that people have to work from home when destiny or Bungie manages to put out the best DLC for destiny since it came out. Like everybody's saying the witch queen is the best thing that has happened to destiny since the very beginning. I'm sure COVID had a little bit of a hand in there. But let's not forget about the Master Chief collection back in 2015 when it launched. It was broken and it took them a long time to fix it. And there was no pandemic going on with that game. There was no pandemic going on with Halo 4. There was no pandemic going on with Halo 5 Guardians. And Halo 5, I mean, what a train wreck. Just marketing wise, just it, it. Yeah, Certain people loved it because they tried to be Call of Duty with, you know, switching the left trigger to aiming down the sights and this, that, and the other. And they tried to blend what made Halo Halo with what seemed like Call of Duty controls that was faster and this, that, and the other. But it was a misfire for people that preferred the older legacy Halo games. So let's just say it what it is. 343 can... Th- th- they can't necessarily be trusted to deliver a good Halo experience anymore. Like, Halo Infinite has all the right ingredients, but it's still a misfire. If I was Microsoft right now, here's what I would do. If they don't want to move 343 off Halo yet, they could at least let another developer work on a Halo game. Not Halo 6, or whatever it would be called, the next main entry, but a side Halo game, like an in-between. 
and see what happens. Like, let somebody else come to the plate. Like, for the love of God, you have so many developers in your house. Let them make a Halo game. And if it takes off and it's incredible, then maybe it's time to move 343 off of it. Or you could let 343 do another Halo, then you have some competition going on with two different developers there. Maybe that will help. It's funny that you brought that up because they have brought in certain affinity to work on Halo Infinite alongside 343. For those that don't know, uh, certain affinity is responsible for um, giving us the Halo 2 anniversary pack that we got. Um, So they've been brought on board basically to help get Halo Infinite back on track or to do something new. But more or less, uh, they've come in and they said that they're going to try and they're they're working along um, three four three to bring another Halo experience to everybody. Um, we know very very little apart from that, but they did bring in somebody else to help with Halo. Hmm. So maybe Microsoft is thinking about it. Um, that's another story that I mean, <laughs> it's probably not going to be. Um, it's not going to be a short time before you stop hearing about Halo in the show, because it seems like every week we got something else to say. But, moving on to story number four. Sonic Origins was announced and has a release date for June 23rd and a price tag of $39.99. Sonic Origins lets you play as Sonic, Tails, or Knuckles throughout all four games, giving you the opportunity to beat Metal Sonic as Knuckles or fly through Green Hill Zone as Tails. While Sega has been given up-teen bundles for of the first three Sonic games, Sonic CD hasn't seen a proper re-release since 2011. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know how many times Sega can bundle Sonic games together and re-release it over and over and over and call it new. Let's just think about this for a second. $40. Basically $10 per Sonic game. That's terrible because they've released collections in the past, you know, like the Mm -hmm. Sega collections and shit that that had at least three or four Sonic games and a whole bunch of other Sega games on top of it, like Golden Axe, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on for like around 50 bucks. So not a good deal. I know they've added some challenges and some new things you can do in the levels that adds a little bit more uh, newness to the game, but it's just not enough. Yeah. I mean, I know the newer features, they have two modes that you can play it as there's classic and there's anniversary. Uh, Anniversary, I think gives you unlimited lives, gives you different ways to play the game. They are adding new animated cutscenes that are hand drawn um, to, I don't know if I saw it. it was for Sonic CD where it was for all the games. Um, I know it's also kind of a big deal that Sonic 3 is in this collection in particular because that always struggles with licensing deals because Michael Jackson had a hand in producing the music for that game. But, yeah, I mean, $40 for this, I I don't know. And let's, let's be honest, every single Sonic game has come to Game Pass or PlayStation Plus or Games with Gold at some point. I don't think you'll have to wait that long for this game to go on sale. Actually... I actually know for a fact that this game has already been on sale because I remember when I was doing my research, there is a game launcher on PC that is already selling it discounted. I think it was like for $34. Hmm. 
So it just got announced on April 20th, and this is from The Verge, by the way, and it's already been discounted. Did you see the chart that got released for this? No. I'm going to send it to you right now. You got to see this. This is one of the big uh, issues people are having with it right now. Uh, Actually, no, just go on Google, type in um, Sonic uh, Origins chart, and then go to images. You'll see it. A lot of uh, people on YouTube have made videos about this, and the community is very angry about what you get in each collection and what you don't get. What the hell? Yeah, it reminds me of Anthem's chart. Do you remember Anthem's? 100 bonus coins. Are you telling me that they're going to release a Sonic game with microtransactions? I don't, I don't know if it's full-blown microtransactions, but that's not really the main issue. Look at each thing you get for each version. Look what's missing, and look what's... Yeah, and look what you that. get for some of the other ones. It's kind of ridiculous. Guys, pull up the chart. Look oh up my God. Sonic Origins chart and go to images. You'll see it. It's the first few images there. Actually, there's a bunch of them. You can't miss it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go through this whole list, but I will say this. Um, <laughs> pre-ordering the standard edition for everything else that they have uh, attached to this. This is laughable. <laughs> it's confusing too there's whole modes missing there's fucking animations missing like yep one version has the animations one doesn't this is this is insane i i do not support this if you really want it wait for it to be ten dollars yeah but in better more positive news um Shredder's Revenge will feature original voice actors from the 1987 cartoon and is scheduled for a release this summer. And we also got an 11 minutes of gameplay. Uh, this is from Kotaku, and this is on the 20th. Today we got a better look at TMNT Shredder's Revenge, an upcoming four-player side-scrolling beat-em-up being developed by Tribute Games and Streets of Rage 4 publisher... Is it Dotemu? I don't know. Uh, this new retro-looking action game is heavily inspired by Konami's popular TMNT arcade classics and the original 1987 show. It was even revealed today that some of the voice actors from the beloved cartoon series are coming back to reprise their characters in the game, which is now due out summer of this year. We still have no official release date on the Cowabunga Collection or Shredder's Revenge, and I'm not going to lie, it is pissing me off. <laughs> Um, but just to, uh, kind of sandwich two TMNT stories together, I didn't include this in my Google articles for, or on my Google doc for some reason, I guess it's cause I was working and just didn't get it added. We also got a $150 collector's edition for the Cowabunga collection announced. Um, you guys can go look it up, see what all it comes with, but this goes back to what I was saying about the, the turtles license is just fucking liquid gold at this point. If you do anything turtle related and you want it. Be prepared to shell out some money for it. You know, $150 edition sounds crazy, but when it comes to the TMNT license, it makes sense. I get it. It does. I would do the same thing. I would have a $300 version and people would buy it. <laughs> and they're going to like it. I will say from what I've seen um, in the rumors circulating around prices, um, I think we can expect Shredder's Revenge to be roughly around thirty nine ninety nine, and I think they've already confirmed that the Calabunga Collection Standard Edition is also going to be thirty nine ninety nine. Which for me, that's that's perfectly fine. I would pay forty bucks for either one of those collections. 
Let's not forget about Game Pass. Microsoft could land these on the service. That is true. I, I could I could see it being there. At least at least um maybe not the collection, but the Shredder's game. I could see that being on Game Pass. Um anything to add on to any of those stories, Mike? Three four three, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Just stop it. And Sega, I don't know what you're doing, but go away for a little bit and reevaluate your business practices. Go take a cold shower for five minutes just in the fetal position with your clothes on and think about what you've done. <laughs> oh, that pains me. I, I love Sonic, and I was excited when they announced this collection. Then I saw the price in that chart, and I'm just like, no. Yeah. No, I'm good. That's the it for the inventory, my friends. So we are going to move on to the topic of the show. And today's topic is basically the NVIDIA leak. We're actually going to revisit this list, and the whole reason we're doing that is because of the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4. Um, when I first saw this list back in November, that was one of the titles, and I'm like, that's not going to get announced for, like, years to come, because Square Enix does not... They just, they just don't do that. I mean, they announce the game and then wait a decade to actually release the fucker, but I did not expect to get it already. And because of the amount of games that have already been announced or released from this list, it definitely lends a lot more credibility to it. So I thought it would be cool for us to go back through this list and talk about games that we would actually like to see come out um, or at least announced this year. Because there's some titles in there that, well, I won't say there's some, but I know there's at least one title that hints at something that allegedly we should get this year, but we haven't heard anything. In the Take 2 section, there was a title just called Bioshock 2022. Haven't heard anything about that. I've heard a little about it, but from other podcasts that have their sources, like Colin Moriarty yeah. from Sacred Symbols, and I think Jeff Grubb talked about it a little bit, but apparently the game takes place in the Arctic. Huh. And it sounds like the game is pretty far along. So there's a good chance you're going to get an announcement this year. I'm going to guess it's probably going to get an early 23 release. I think that's safe. Another thing on the 2K portion of this list is Bioshock Remastered. Yeah, that um, that caught me off guard. I mean, I guess it's fine, but. I really don't need it because they had that Xbox One release not that long ago. I don't think it's referring to Bioshocks 1 or 2. I think what it might be is it'll be a true uh, Bioshock Infinite remaster, like 60 frames, native 4K, all of that. Because Bioshock Re or Infinite was ported. I don't think it was actually remastered. No, it wasn't. Well, Bioshock 2 wasn't either. Or 1 uh, in that collection. They just gave them upgrade improvements here and there. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of games on this list, and I'm, I'm, we're not going to name all of them, because this is quite a long list. It's insane how big this is. <laughs> uh, we'll start with the PlayStation section, and I guess we'll just kind of talk about the ones that we are um, looking forward to. Um, and in the PlayStation section, there are some games on here that have already come out, but I think it's referring to PC ports. Um, some of those being, uh, Demon Souls, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, um, 
God of War we've already gotten on PC, so I would not be surprised if we do get Demon's Souls or Ghost of Tsushima on PC. The one game that's sticking out right now is Helldivers 2, because I remember when me and Jacques talked about this list way, way back, that was the game I was really excited about, and I haven't heard anything yet. I honestly think this entire list is real. Now, there's yeah. probably going to be some games here that are either going to get pushed back or maybe even canceled. But this list seems very, very accurate. I mean, it was a leak. It was at hackers yeah. that went in and they stole it. And it's real. It was in their servers. Like, it's it's a thing. Like, why would they have that list? It's, they're not going to just have it there and make shit up in it. I know one, the game that struck me the most in the PlayStation section was Returnal. Because it seems like it would be so out of character for Sony a little bit to go ahead and release Returnal on PC when it's a PS5 exclusive. Like, Demon's Souls makes sense for me because that's a remaster or remake of an older game. But Returnal is a brand new IP that is exclusive on PS5. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, Sony's really embracing PC now. The, the one that's not on PC yet that surprises me is the first Last of Us. Yeah, that and um, Bloodborne. I want to see some Last of Us uh, mods. That would be cool. <laughs> Let's replace all the clickers with Xenomorphs. Oh my god, that'd be terrifying. Um, moving on to the Microsoft portion of it. I mean, no big surprises on any of these, honestly. Um, uh, Halo 5 Guardians, I mean, allegedly that's a PC port, even though Microsoft and 343 have said time and time again they have no plans to bring it to PC, so that's a little strange. Um, in the list, they have untitled the initiative game, which I think at this point we know is Perfect Dark. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have some other titles on here that I've never heard of, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what those end up being. It also has Gears of War 6 on here, but we all know that's coming. That's oh, yeah. It's really like, I mean, there's some that are like no-brainers. Like, you know it's coming. I think that's going to get announced this year because Gears 5 came out in 2019. We're in 22. Probably be next year the game comes out. That's four years. And I, and I looked at all the other Gears games. There's usually like a four-year gap between them. So it's time for another one to come out. Yeah. Um, I just hope it's good. Microsoft first party licenses are starting to get that Star Wars stench for me. Like anything Disney touches dies as far as Star Wars goes, unless Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau are directly involved. Um. So with how Halo has been going um, and the Coalition, they have not released a perfect Gears game for me yet. Gears 4 was good, but it had loot boxes. Uh, Gears 5 was great, but they made it to where only certain characters would play certain classes in Horde mode, which pissed me off because Carmine is my go-to since Gears 3, and he was not the class that I usually play as, and that made me mad. Yeah, I was a little mixed on the class system. Uh, I think Jacques liked it. I could see why people were intrigued by it, but at the same time, I think I prefer the more simpler approach with Horde. But that's just me. Moving on, we have Square Enix. Um, Nothing but JRPGs here, with the exception of Tomb Raider. Chrono Cross Remaster, 
That was leaked. That's already out. As a matter of fact, Ash is in the living room right now playing that game. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm assuming they're talking about a, a PC port or the alleged Xbox uh, version. Aren't they doing a part two for that? They will be, yes. Maybe that's what it's referring to. Who knows? I think that game's way, way off. Now, one of these caught me a little off guard, and that's Final Fantasy IX Remake. Mm. I know Final Fantasy IX is beloved by a lot of people, just like Seven. so I would be very interested to see what that game looks like or when it will be announced, because, I mean, with Square Enix, I mean, their games release on a sundial kind of time frame. You just kind of have to wait. I'm going to assume the unannounced Square Enix game is the new Tomb Raider game that got announced. Probably. Recently. Yeah. Uh, Coming up next, we have Dragon's Dogma... Oh, this is Capcom. We have Dragon's Dogma 2, Monster Hunter 6, uh, Street Fighter 6, and this one actually breaks my heart a little bit, but I'm also excited for it. It's Resident Evil 4 Remake, and here's why I'm a little upset about it. I really want the first Resident Evil to get the remake treatment. Resident Evil 4 has been... It's it's Capcom Skyrim. It's been released time and time and time again. I think it's had two or three different HD remasters. They're not really quite remastered. It's, it, they just up it a little bit. I mean, I'm excited to see a remake regardless. Um, if you guys are listening to this on a day that this came out, you guys know that we started our Resident Evil Let's Play series. Um, the way that is going to go, and I came up with this idea yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, we're going to go through all of the numbered Resident Evils, so zero up to eight on stream. Because I would really like to see how the series has evolved. Now, when I get the two, I will be playing the remakes from then on out. And what I'm hoping will happen, with it being April, by the time I get to four, because you know I stream for one to two hours at a time, I'm hoping that we'll have a announcement and a release date for Resident Evil 4 Remake, so that way we can go straight from three into four. And then we'll do the awkward transition from four into five and six. Are you going to play the Revelation games? No, I said only numbered games, so it'll be zero okay, only to eight. Games. So no Code Veronica, none of the Revelations, none of that. The first Revelations is great. Like, it's a really good game. But, uh, moving on from Capcom, uh, we're back at Take Two. There's only three games on this list. Uh, the two Bioshock games and then the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy remasters, which have already come out. Mm-hmm. And then we're on to EA. Um, apparently... There was a Mirror's Edge remaster, um, an untitled Respawn game, which I think we can assume is probably Jedi Fallen Order uh, 2, and Titanfall 3. I'm happy to see that, because we really need a sequel. 2 is really good. The original, yeah, you know, it was, it was great gameplay and all that, but it was lacking in content. The second one addressed all of that, yep. but a lot of people were turned off from the first game, so they didn't really jump on board with the second game, which is a shame because it's actually one of the best shooters from the Xbox One and PS4 generation. I agree. As for Mirror's Edge, 
I've played both of them. I never beat them. There were cool tech demos. At least the first one was. At least that's what it felt like to me. It felt like a tech demo. I don't want this. I'm surprised it's even on this list because the last one sold like shit. I could see it being a thing that they put straight into EA Play to try and boost numbers, but... I wouldn't be shocked if, if this was one of the games that get canceled. Remember I mentioned before, there's probably going to be some that are going to be delayed and canceled, and wouldn't shock me if this is one of them. It'd be one of those games that like resurfaces five or seven years from now. It's like, hey, here's the unreleased uh, Mirror's Edge remaster that got canceled. Moving on from EA, we kind of have the bulk of this list, which I just titled as Miscellaneous. I'll just read through it really quick, and then we can just kind of decide what we want to talk about. Um, Batman Arkham Knight Remaster, Crisis 4, Earth Defense Force 6, Half-Life 2 Remaster, Humans Fall Flat 2, Project FPS, Talos Principle 2, Tekken 8, Skitty, er, City Skylines 2, Death Stranding, Director's Cut, Destroy Humans 3, Injustice 3, Gods Will Fall, Mario and Rabbids, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, and Snake Eater HD, Sniper Elite 5, XCOM 3, As Dusk Falls, and As Dusk Falls Season 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Crash Team Racing Nitro Field on PC, Fight for Middle Earth, Goat Simulator 2, Unannounced Hangar 13 title, Hitman Pro, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, Metro Next, Mortal Kombat Next Gen and 12, Moss listed on Steam and timed exclusives on PSVR, Outcast, Payday 3, Space Punks, Stalker on Android, Titan Quest 2, Total War 9, Ultra Street Fighter 2, The Final Challenger, Switch Exclusive, Viking by Criterion, Worms Next, and Wreckfest Sequel. The Batman Arkham Knight Remaster honestly caught me off guard. Yeah, I don't think we need that. No, I don't think anybody's asking for that. I just played it like a couple months ago. It's fine. It looks great still. We don't need a remaster of that at all. That's a waste of time. Now, Half-Life 2 Remastered, that immediately piqued my interest because there's the fan uh, remake of the first game, Black Mesa, which Valve accepted, and they sell. That's how good it is. I can't wait to play that. They just did Half-Life Alex, the VR game. So... Once Half-Life 2 Remastered gets announced, you can bet your ass they're working on Half-Life 3. Valve will finally learn to count to three. <laughs> it's going to be a while, <laughs> but I, I think this is the beginning of Half-Life 3 coming. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, There was a couple on here that surprised me um i played a little bit of the original talos principle so to see that that's getting a uh a second release that's kind of cool um tekken 8 it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that tekken 7 came out but it really was which just tells me how fast this last generation went by um but looking at this whole list there's one game that stands out that i'm actually very excited for and it's probably no surprise, and that's XCOM 3. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I'm like, he's probably thinking XCOM 3. <laughs> <laughs> now, I knew it. Yeah. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2 and Snake Eater re-releases, that's really cool. Um, Metal Gear is a franchise that I've only ever played the Phantom Pain, so I would love to dive deeper into that franchise because I love the stealth mechanics, but 
to see what can be done with XCOM now that we're on the Series X, I I really want to see what that looks like. I love XCOM. I still play it to this day. Like just a few days ago, I was playing XCOM too on the PS5 because I redownloaded it and I never beat it. And I was like, you know what? I got to chip at this every once in a while and eventually beat this game because I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I beat XCOM Enemy Unknown like at least five or six times back in the day. Oh, wow. I don't play RTSs really. I don't play turn-based strategy games very often. XCOM is just one of those rare ones where it just sucked me in. Yeah. Same goes for Civilization Revolution. I just had a blast with those games. There is one game on here that surprised me, but I have a feeling I know what it is. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, the one that's only on Switch. I think this means it's finally coming to the other consoles. You think so? Yeah, I think it's been a timed exclusive this entire time, and it's getting ready to come to Xbox and PlayStation and PC. Yeah, um, when they announced that it was going to be a Switch exclusive, it was one of those announcements that made me kind of tilt my head a little bit. It was like, that's weird. It's not often you see a third party put an exclusive on a Switch. Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, the first two games were on PlayStation and Xbox. It was very strange to hear that announcement. When I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Cool. Wasn't crazy about the second game, but hey, we're getting another one. And then yeah. it said Switch exclusive. I'm like, what's this? And this is coming from somebody who has a Switch. But I don't want to play that game on my Switch. I kind of want to play that on an Xbox. Yeah, I mean, my Switch, for the most part, is reserved for Nintendo titles. Um, There's very few third-party games that I would probably buy on a Switch. And like... That's going to be something that I would buy, like, Sonic Origins or the Cowabunga Collection on, um, just because those are fun games. I don't plan on necessarily, like, sitting down. I don't have to sit down on my couch and put it on the big screen in, like, the 4K or whatever. I could play that in handheld and be perfectly happy. Yeah. Um, The other two games on here that I thought were interesting was Modern Warfare 3 Remastered, because that's been rumored on and off constantly but fight for middle earth um i really wonder if this is gonna be a sequel to uh the mordor games or if this is gonna be something completely new if i had to take a wild guess it's probably a sequel to those mordor games now did you play those yes i beat the first game uh the second game i played it but for some reason it I just couldn't finish it. I think it was just way too similar to the first game. I got pretty far in the first one, didn't beat it, and I think I got maybe a couple hours into the second one. I, I don't know. I just, I had trouble getting into it, which was weird because I loved so much about it. I loved the Batman Arkham Asylum combat. I loved the Assassin's Creed style scaling. I loved the Nemesis mm-hmm. system. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a big enough Lord of the Rings fan, so that universe just doesn't do it for me. It's funny. I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan, period. Like, I haven't even seen the movies, but I really, really liked the first game, and probably because of how it felt. Like, you were just saying the Batman, Arkham Combat, Assassin's Creed kind of climbing. But when I got to the second game, I was just like, there's not a whole lot of different 
shit in this. Yeah. And you threw a ton of microtransactions on top of it. So I was just like, nah, I'm good. It was kind of like you had your fun with it and then we're done. Yeah. I don't know. It was one and done for me. I didn't need a sequel, but I guess a third one would make sense. But that's if it's that. It may be something else. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be another RTS Lord of the Rings game. Um, if I remember correctly, I think it was you and Stratus played that game a lot back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Stratus was really, really good at it. And I was very mediocre, so we would do, like, 2v2 matches online, and he would just dominate the other two guys. And I'd just be sitting there like, yeah, I'm helping. See, I put that there. Look. <laughs> yeah. And he's just doing everything. Right. Just kind of like uh, that kid in The Simpsons, like, I'm helping. I'm just there for moral support. That's it. Well, um, before we move on to surprise mechanics, was there anything on this list um, that you wanted to add anything to or talk about? Yeah, Crisis 4. I'm shocked that that's getting a sequel now. I know they just released those like remasters like less than a year ago yeah. for 1, 2, and 3. Well, sort of remasters. They're not full remasters. Uh, but that was a trilogy that I was surprised it became a trilogy because they never really sold that well. Like, they, I guess they did the bare minimum and it was enough for EA to crank out another one and another one. But this really surprises me to see this. Honestly, I wasn't that surprised because my opinion on all of the Crisis games is they are glorified tech demos. Like, every single Crisis yeah. game yeah. exists to show what that engine can do. Because, I mean, let's face it, every time a Crisis games come out, or at least in the past, every time a Crisis game came out, there was nothing that could outdo it as far as graphics-wise. When Crisis 2 came out, that was insane. Nothing beat that. Crisis 3, you had games like Battlefield 4 that had come out that had kind of gotten closer. But Crisis has always exist to show off what hardware can do. It always pushed the 360's limits. And of course, if you were playing it on PC, you could run it at crazy settings. And there's that old meme where it's like, but can it run Crisis, that computer? Can right. it run Crisis? <laughs> the stories in the Crisis games isn't like anything amazing. They're very basic and standard alien invasion shit. Uh, I really like the second one, though, because it took place in Manhattan. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play this if it actually comes out, because I'm always looking for a new shooter. It'll be interesting to see what they do when it comes out. Um, this is a game that I feel like, you know, it would be great to really push what Unreal 5 can do, but I know they're going to stay in that Crytek engine or whatever new engine they're going to throw out, but um, I can't wait to see what they do. So, with our uh, main topic out of the way... It is time to move on to surprise mechanics. For those that don't know, that is when whoever is on the show that week brings a random mystery item to the table. Could be a story, could be a game, could be whatever topic we want to discuss or play. And we talk about it. Or we play it. Could be Mike talking about his oatmeal. Could be me talking about, um, I don't know, a customer that pissed me off today. But, to give you a true taste of what surprise mechanics are, I'm going to throw it over to Mike and let him bring his wonder to the table. Now, I have to ask you something, Indy. How is your voice right now? Like, is it okay? 
I know I'm hitting my peak. Um, my my okay. the back of my throat is on fire. Um, okay. the mucinex is wearing off, so I am um I'm grinding to the end of this episode. I'm going to have to switch my surprise mechanics then because I have a backup. Okay, but there was a surprise mechanic I had specifically for you. But I'm going to have to put a pin on that for another time when you're feeling better. So, my backup surprise mechanic is going to be a story. Okay. Back in the day when I was like eight or nine, yeah, I think it was nine years old, uh, I woke up and I heard a lot of commotion. Just everybody was going nuts. I'm like, like what's going on in the house? And then I, I, I got up, walked around. I noticed... Our dog was missing. He was nowhere. He's usually like running around the hallways and shit. And I don't see any anybody. I'm like, where did everybody go? They just left a nine-year-old like in the house by himself. <laughs> so I go to the front door and I see my mom running down the street in her bathrobe, shaking a box of cornflakes because this was my dog's like favorite snack. He loved cornflakes for some reason. Okay. I don't know why, but he liked eating it. He got loose outside, and he's just a puppy, and he took off. He was really fast as a little puppy. He just he darted, and they were all just trying to get him. He didn't want to get hit by a car or anything, so I just see my mom running down the street yelling cornflakes up at the top of her lungs, and the neighbors are looking around thinking she's crazy, <laughs> and I see my brother trying to like chase him down running into people's yards and shit trying to grab him but he just couldn't get him eventually he was able to like football tackle him to the ground oh wow not hard but just enough to you know just to yeah get him and grab him and i see my my father's driving up and down the street with the van with the door open trying to see if the dog would jump in and i'm just like waking up seeing all of this unfold in front of my eyes at the front door and i'm just like am i dreaming this no, okay, I don't know. I just went back to bed and just ignored it. Like, I didn't even give a shit about the dog <laughs> outside in danger and possibly getting hit by a car. I was just like, I'm tired. I want to go back to bed. Wow. <laughs> so, guys, be very careful with your um, your puppies or when they're very young. You oh, absolutely. let them run outside because that's when they're very adventurous. They want to see what's out there. Like, oh, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. When your dog gets older and, and, it's, and it's more trained, of course, you can let it outside and he'll probably just roam around your property and be done with it and just probably want to come back inside because dogs eventually become content. They, they, they like where they are. They know they get their food, their protection at their home base. They don't have any reason to go running around exploring, at least not as much. But yeah, don't let your dog out when they're that young. Or, or be very careful when you leave the house, because sometimes they just sneak right past your legs. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Words of wisdom. But anyways, what do you got? I'm going to present to you a series of scenarios involving various video game characters, and you are going to rate them on a scale of they will die or they will succeed. <laughs> Okay, I like this. They have an objective to get to the heart of a Xeno nest, retrieve something, and get out. So, to start off, Joel from The Last of Us 
has to get to the center of a xenomorph nest and retrieve Ellie before she can be um, impregnated by a facehugger. So you want to know if I think he can actually pull it off? Yes. On a scale of he will do it to he is definitely going to fail. Oh, he's going to fail. He is not equipped for that at all. Even if he has the Kaluna Marines weapons, let's just say he has a pulse rifle and a flamethrower. I don't see him winning. Like, I just don't. I agree. Is he going in blind? Because if he's going in blind and knows nothing about the Xenomorphs, he is going to get picked off very fast. So these scenarios are based completely off of first encounters. Oh, no way. I'm sorry. Joel and Ellie are done. I kind of agree. So that was kind of like, this is the most likely to fail of the people that I've chosen. Um, Next up on the list, Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. Nope, he's not going to make it. I also agree. Strictly because Gears is based off of being in the face with chainsaws and Nasher yes. shotguns and... Don't mix. I I think if he had a squad of cogs with him, okay, I think he could probably succeed. It's possible as as long as they keep their distance. Okay, so um, we'll change that up a little bit. He has Delta Squad with him, so he has Dom, Baird, Cole, and a Carmine brother. If that's the case, then. Yeah, I think they can do it. I think it's safe to say they learn the creatures have acid because Carmine tries to chainsaw one. <laughs> yeah, there goes Carmine. <laughs> Gotta have that. <laughs> so, Marcus without Delta, fail. Marcus with Delta, pass. I can I can see that. Next one. The Master Chief. Yes. I'm pretty sure his shields can withstand the acid. Okay. I think he'll be all right. Here's the thing with energy shields in the Halo universe. They do not stop slow-moving projectiles. Uh-oh. In Halo Ghosts of Onyx, the Spartan 3s encounter Sentinels for the first time, who also have energy shields. And they learn very quickly the assault rifles and battle rifles just bounce off. So what they use are boulders and rocks of decent size and they chuck it at him and it goes right through the shields. So hmm. molecular acid goes right through chief's energy shields. I still think he can do it just because of his training and he can adapt to different situations. I mean, if Ellen Ripley can do it and I know she has knowledge of the Xenomorphs that helps her a bit, but if she can do it, come on, the master chief can do it. He's got Cortana helping, too, who can boost his senses and shit. I, I, I think he can pull that off with no problem. I think it'd be tricky, because in this particular scenario that I'm pitching, he has to get to the center to retrieve Cortana, just like at the end of Halo 3. Okay, he could still do it, though. Yeah, I think he could pull it off. He's faced crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, he's trained for wild situations. The next one actually isn't... Well, actually, he was in a video game, so he counts. IG-88. And whose mission is to honestly claim the bounty on the Xenomorph Queen. 
See, this is interesting because the blasters in the Star Wars universe would be very effective on the Xenomorphs. It would probably prevent the acid from flying all over the place. Yeah, because for most species, they cartelize the wound instantly. I also think a Jedi would have no issue running through a Xeno hive. Now, that golden rule doesn't apply for everything. Um, the canon reason for why that one alien in the New Hope's arm bled is they have very thick veins, so when it gets cut, the lightsaber does not cartelize that vein all the way, or artery. So, we would have to figure out if the Xenomorphs have thick veins or not. Correct. Okay. But the Xenos are also incredibly intelligent, so I could also see the Xenos realizing what's happening and then find a way to weaponize their own blood. What they would probably do once they realize a Jedi is... I know we're going off into a Jedi, but I'll go back to IG-88 in a second. What they would probably do is they would recognize he's taking out a lot of them and they would probably all retreat to the Queen and just force him to come into the room. I could see that. So, in my mind, IG-88 succeeds in killing the Queen, but he doesn't make it out. Yeah, I think he would self-destruct himself inside there. Like like you said, the Xenos would realize that he can just see everything, he's stupid fucking accurate, just like they did with the, um, the sentry guns and aliens, they backed off. I think, like you said, they would retreat back to the Queen, and then they would jump him, and then he would just thermal detonate the entire nest when he took too much damage. I know some of you guys are probably laughing, like, wow, you think IG-88 can pull that off and Chief would struggle a little bit? No, this is, these are two completely different universes. Different weapons, too. That, too. I mean, Chief is using modern bullets, still. IG-88 is shooting lasers. <laughs> and plus, IG-88's reaction time is still going to be faster than a Spartan's, because his motion yes. tracker and everything is built into him. Like, it's all one unit. And a lot of people don't realize this, but the IG units are fucking terrifying in the Star Wars universe. In Legends, right before it blew up, an IG unit actually took control of the Death Star 2 and was about to go on a killing spree because the IG units, why the, so many of them are bounty hunters, is because they have an underlying program and goal to wipe out all sentient life in the galaxy. So once one took control of the Death Star, it was about to start just capping planets left and right. There was only one person that the IG units unanimously respected. And I say unanimously because they were very much so like the Geth. They had a hive mind, but they yes. I think they agreed and disagreed on different things. But Darth Vader was the only one that they respected. Yeah, because they looked at him as a machine, even though he was an organic underneath still, but most of his body was machine. I have one more, and to me, this is the most entertaining to think about. Doom guy. <laughs> He's got luck on his side. Yeah, because I'm just imagining, like, <laughs> he steps into the heart of, like, LV-426, like, right at the entrance, and you hear a Xeno, like, scream deep in the nest, and it just, like, pans up to him, and he cocks his shotgun, and you just start hearing the very beginning of Rip and Tear start to play, <laughs> and him just wasting everything in sight. 
I'm trying to think in the Doom games if there's parts where you're walking over like acid in that universe. Um, I mean, in the first Doom, there was lava pits. Like, the original Doom. So if we're going to take that into account, and video game rules apply in in the uh, Aliens universe when he shows up, then he probably could withstand the acid, which is kind of ridiculous to think of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Doom guy is just like, the way Bethesda has reworked him, he's a fucking force of nature. I mean, the BFG would definitely handle the Xenos. And he also has access to energy weapons, because the pulse rifle is a laser-based weapon. I want to say no, but... I know, it's like, I want to say no, but if I'm if I'm looking at canon and how it would be written, he would easily make it in and out. And to be honest, he'd probably kill the queen with his bare hands. <laughs> he'd rip the head off, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I thought that'd be a very uh, entertaining surprise mechanic. No, that was very good. I enjoyed that one. Well, thank you. Put a lot of thought into it. Not much, um, to be perfectly honest. Like, because I was sitting here, I was driving home. I was like, "What am I going to do for a surprise mechanic?" And originally, I was like, "You know, I could make, I could pre- give him scenarios of like post-apocalyptic characters, put them in a boxing match, who wins?" So I was like, "Joel versus Mad Max," or, um. The Fallout guy versus uh, the dude from Metro, just stuff like that. But then I started getting into Xenomorphs, and I was like, no, this could be so much better. (laughs) My brain is fun sometimes. (laughs) Well, guys, um, we're right at an hour and a half for our show. At least as of right now, I know this will be edited and made a little bit shorter. But because of the state of my voice and how I'm feeling... We're going to have a shorter episode. Mike, is there anything that you would like to plug or any closing comments before we wrap it up? Treat Liar with respect and always choose blue because blue is the way to go when you play the Mass Effect games. <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to toss in my regular Liar talk. Kind of have to squeeze it in there. <laughs> That's another item for Boundless Gamers Bingo, guys. Let us know if you got bingo. You know, we really ought to just, like, release some bingo cards and just tell us who got bingo based off of the episodes. <laughs> I'm going to, if I remember to do it, I think I'm going to do that. We'll put stuff like bashes on Kathleen Kennedy, bashes on the Star Wars sequels, brings up a Mass Effect love interest, or, you know, Liara specifically, Mike's oatmeal. Yes, this could be fun. I, I want to do this. I like this. Yes, I like this a lot. This, this sounds funny. <laughs> Because I'm not going to lie, if I do it and um, I record again next week, I am definitely printing out those cards and I'm going to play as we're going. Or rather, I won't play as we're going. I'll play when I listen, because if I play as I'm going, I'm going to just make shit up to make sure I get bingo. Right. You're going to manipulate the system. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Thank you, Mike, for that inspiration. You're welcome. You're welcome. But that's it, guys. That's the end of our show. I got nothing uh, as far as plugs or anything. Um, Respect your service industry workers. Be nice to each other. And um, don't get sick. I'm tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, my name is Indy. I'm Mike. And we are out of here. You guys have a great night. And be safe.